Howdy, everybody, and welcome to another BP Movie Journal, the show we do where we talk about the stuff we've seen since the last time we did one of these. I'm David. I'm Tyler. We're going to go kind of quickly today because we have a very long um, main episode yes. uh, th- this week that will be coming out in a, in a, in a, in a few days. Uh, and also because of weird uh, programming, uh, scheduling uh, uh, issues, we're not going to be doing another Movie Journal until the end of May. Yeah. So, so uh, buckle up for um, but uh, what I'm thinking is that I'll have um, TCM at home, like TCM Fest. Sure. Which I won't be talking about in the journal. And I'll be doing a lot of profile re- research for our next profile. So I won't be talking about any of those in the journal. So sure. I'm hoping that by the end of May, I don't actually have as many um, to talk about as it would seem like I'd have in, in over a month. But right. um, okay. So I'm just going to get started with Neil Berger's Voyagers. Um, oh, yeah. We- okay. Uh, which is out, I, I guess, uh, I guess it's out in theaters now. It's still, I guess people are going to theaters. Uh, I'm still, uh, I'm, st- I'm still not. They're open at partial capacity here in, in California, but I don't think I'm going to go until, you know, two weeks after my second dose uh, yeah. is, is when I'm uh, looking at maybe going to a movie theater. Um, but uh, note about that. Um, so, you know, a lot of people uh, like on Facebook and, and Twitter and Instagram, like post like uh, photos of them, like getting their uh, vaccination or like uh, the sticker that says I got vaccinated. And I understand why they post that because it's this idea of like, Hey, I'm doing it. You should too. Like trying to assuage like suspicion of the vaccination for the, and I haven't done it because in my mind, it's look what I got and what oh, you yeah. did. Cause, because as a teacher, it's like, I was eligible earlier than others. And so I never did that. Cause I thought people would be like, yeah, good for you asshole. Like, I, like that's where yeah. my mind went. It seemed like bragging to me. I know that it's not what yeah, it I, is, but I you know what that. I mean? Yeah. I didn't do a selfie because the place where I got my shot, my first dose was like no, no photos or videos. Really? Um, oh, that's interesting. And I'm, I, I ran up because I ran up by my, my, my wife who's a social worker. And I feel like, um, I was like, why do you think that is? And she was like, they probably don't want you taking a selfie and accidentally getting someone else in the background who might sure. not want, cause sure. that could be like a hip, HIPAA violation. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Sorry, Neil Voyagers. Yeah. well, you know what? That conversation was more interesting than Voyagers, okay. uh, uh, which is unfortunate because I, I had heard it described as, Lord of the flies on a spaceship. And I think I was especially disappointed to realize, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And not only that, it's a really superficial reading of Lord of the flies, Hmm. but on a spaceship. Um, uh, The, the, the premise is that there's a, you know, the planet is dying. That's not a, or at least its ability to sustain uh life uh is coming to an end that's not far-fetched that's actually happening um and uh it's in the near future and, and mankind has discovered um another habitable habitable planet and so they're but their plan is it's, it's going to take nearly a century to get there so in order to the only way they can think of to come up with astronauts who would be able to make this journey 
that's going to involve them dying a third of the way through and like only their grandchildren are actually going to survive is that they grow like artificially, uh, you know, they grow test tube babies in a lab yeah. and train them to be astronauts from the moment they wake up. They never set foot outside, so they never miss the sunshine or miss all the things. Uh, that, so they spend their entire life uh, training and then at the tender age of 14. That's not they, a bad premise. Again, yeah, but I'm going too far into it because it, the movie just doesn't seem to think it's that important. Like, it's interesting, but then it just goes the way uh any of these movies end up going anyway they set off in the age of 14 about t- then we, we jump to about 10 years into their journey so they're in their 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 mid-20s they're played by uh people like ty sheridan and lily rose depp and uh finn whitehead mm-hmm. um uh and 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 they're all very smart because they've been trained you know they've been very well educated uh and they are able to figure out that hey this thing they're giving us to drink every morning is actually like deadening our hormones and our physical responses, you know, to try and right. keep us cause uh, you know, keep us in line. So they stopped taking it. Um, and for a moment, for about five minutes to 10 minutes, the movie is really interesting where it's like, Oh my God, so much money and time has been put into making this the most controlled, pristine environment. And now you've got a bunch of hot, young, horny people feeling yeah. hormones for the first time in their life. It's like, Oh, that could be really interesting. And it, and it, it is for five or 10 minutes. And then it just lands on the Lord of the flies. Like there's going to be, uh, this guy's particularly untrustworthy and wants to be in control. And here's the guy who's, uh, uh, a good leader who's going to, uh, and so there's the two camps and it's just, it, it's, it's real, uh, real lazy, unfortunately. All right. That's not, uh, that, that was too much time spent on Voyagers, especially when I really want to talk about the next movie I watched, which came out, uh, a couple of years ago. And Tyler, I don't remember if you have seen this, but I know you would want to, because it's a documentary that I know you are interested in the subject. Did you see the amazing Jonathan documentary? <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I I saw on Letterboxd that you saw it. it. It's something that has been on my wavelength for a while. And I, weren't there like two documentaries at some point? Oh, the movie it's like gets a whole. It's a whole thing. Okay, all right. Because yeah. this is this is uh, the, the amazing Jonathan is a, a magician comedian um, uh, who's very talented and funny. But um, this is less a documentary about. It starts out as a documentary about him because in 2014 he was um uh diagnosed with a, a heart condition where he was said you probably won't live another year he's still alive to this to this day and after yeah. he took some time off and after taking some time enough time off he was like i gotta get out there and do shows again even though i might die at any moment and yeah. that's why multiple people decided that seems like a good thing to make a documentary about but it very quickly stops being a documentary about the amazing Jonathan becomes a documentary about how difficult it is to make a documentary about someone who is a professional performer and a professional sure. magician, like an illusionist and a drug addict. <laughs> so, um, mm-hmm. uh, it, it very quickly becomes a very, uh, a, a different thing. Um, that's also, I watched it with, with Natalie and we laughed, uh, a, a lot cause there's a lot of, um, the uh the director's name has been uh ben berman i think is his name if you if you look up his 
um his his credits yeah ben berman his credits are all like comedy bang bang tim and eric john benjamin has a van like all of this like he's a comedy guy and so there's a lot of uh, he knows how to uh he very quickly becomes a part of the story um and he knows how to be funny uh and to make things funny but also just the the things that happen while he's following uh, jonathan around for uh, for all this time, there's a lot of laughs that are just like, I can't believe this. <laughs> um, oh man, so, I gotta uh, see it. Yeah, it's I think very much uh, up your alley, and I would recommend it to to pretty much uh, anyone. You don't even have to like the Amazing Jonathan. In fact, you might not by the end of the movie because he doesn't sure. come across that great. Sure. Yeah, it's uh, sounds intriguing. I've been a fan of his. Uh, well, I don't know if I'm a fan anymore, but I because I haven't seen any of his stuff for a while. But like I remember in the '90s, there's on Comedy Central, there was a show called Lounge Lizards, I believe, and he was on there. And I remember, like, he just—I I loved him. I was young yeah. and really enjoyed it. So, I'll—I'll I'll, I'll check that out. Um, okay, so my first film is Philip Noyce's Dead Calm from 1989. This is a film that I saw when I was very young. I think I saw it. If I had to guess, I'd say like on the USA Network. Um, so it was edited. And I was also young. So I remembered very little about it. It was selected by one of the people in my, like my weekly movie uh, club. And um, have you seen it? Do you know anything about it? I've never it? seen dead calm. Did okay. my audio just change by the way? Or uh, does it sound the same? It sounds pretty much the same. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, no, I've never seen it. It's, it's good. Not great. Um, I think it's unfortunate that I watched it so soon after rewatching misery because the story is this this couple played by Sam Neill and a, and a young Nicole Kidman, I guess a young Sam Neill as well. Um, they have uh, they've lost their son in a freak car accident, and uh, Sam Neill is like in the Navy, um, and so their instinct to kind of cope with their grief is they just take their yacht and just go out in the middle of the ocean, and they're just sailing and getting away from society, uh, and then uh, one day they happen to see a, 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 another boat off in the distance that is, uh, looks to be in trouble. Uh, and they see a young Billy Zane, uh, uh, paddling, a, a, a rowboat up to them. And he is like kind of, kind of crazy. Sure enough. Yes. Uh, he has a, uh, this story about like people on the other boat that have died because of a, a food poisoning situation and the boat is sinking and he's just kind of losing his mind a little bit. And so they're trying to figure out like what's going on and how trustworthy he might be. Uh, and I'll go ahead and say this. Sam Neill wants to, is suspicious of his story. So he goes over to the other boat, at which point Billy Zane commandeers uh, the boat with Nicole Kidman. And sure enough, Sam Neill is stuck on a sinking boat uh, and Nicole Kidman has to navigate this crazy person. It's based on a based on a book that was actually uh, that Orson Welles uh, was adapting into a movie called The Deep in the 1970s, uh, featuring Lawrence Harvey. Unfortunately, as is often the case with Orson Welles films, he was unable to finish it due to various problems, including the death of Lawrence Harvey. Anyway, um, but dead Col- good performances. I didn't even know he was sick. <laughs> well, I've got good news for you. He's not anymore. Um, <laughs> they they figured it out. But, uh, but yeah, so, uh, good performances all around. You can, you know, you see a, a young Nicole Kidman you can definitely see why she became, a, uh, something of a star. Um, Billy Zane too. I feel like I've never seen him in a, in a role like this. Like he is genuinely unnervingly 
like crazy insofar as, and almost childlike as well. Like you don't quite know what he's going to do. He doesn't know what he's going to do. And he doesn't seem to have any particular goal. And I kind of love that. But what I will say is uh, it's, you know, you see in retrospect, you can see these trends, but like from the late eighties to the early nineties, the trend of like someone stuck in a place with their oppressor, it could be single white female. It could be dead calm misery. Uh, gosh, I feel like there are, there are others that, uh, I guess the hitcher is kind of like that. And I, I was thinking of several other examples, but like offhand, I came up with like six or seven in the, in the span of like, uh, like five years. Like, and so this clearly is just sort of in that vein. It's a little bit exploitative, but it's also Philip Noyce, who I think is a very talented, skilled director. And both, both sides of the story are interesting. Um, and certainly we're more invested in the Nicole Kidman side because she is actually there with this crazy man, but Sam Neill trying to navigate a sinking ship. Uh, and, and at one point he's like trapped like in, in a compartment and it's fully underwater at this point. And so it's just like, Oh, this is very uh, alarming. And so, uh, but it's, it's shot very well. I think it's, it's a little pulpy. So I guess if people like that, uh, they should, they should check it out, but I'd say it's, it's good, not great. But if you're into that kind of that very specific kind of thriller, uh, it's, it's for you. I like Philip Noyce. Um, he's got a new one coming out, doesn't he? I think. I think he does. Um, I was looking him up the other day. Um, all right. So my next two, I'll actually get through pretty quickly. Um, I They're both rewatches. I rewatched uh, Andrew Bujalski's debut film, Funny Ha Ha, which is kind mm. of the movie that gave birth to the much maligned um, and much misunderstood, quote unquote, mumblecore uh, sure. m- movement. Um, I, uh, a, a grouping of films of ten of, of which I tend to be a big defender, um, and Funny Ha Ha is no small part of that because Funny Ha Ha is uh, I don't like the title, or I guess I like it fine on paper. I don't like saying it, but uh, other than that, yeah, um, I think it's it's a it's a fantastic m- movie that uh, um, that defies I think. Um, a lot of the criticisms of, of, of mumblecore. Um, yes, the sound is maybe a little, the, the actual mumbly part maybe applies. Uh, but, um, despite it being obviously shot for, for cheap, it's clear from the beginning that Andrew Pajalski knows, uh, how to frame and block, um, um, shots and, 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 uh, organize and direct multiple characters, uh, in, in a shot. It's also clear that his interest in humanity is nowhere near as navel gazing as the, um, sure. uh, the, the common complaints about, uh, uh, about, about Mumblecore. It's a very, um, the, it's very minutely, uh, observed, um, very funny in that, um, humane slice of slice of life, uh, comedy type way. And he's able to get amazing performances out of people who are largely not actors um mm-hmm. most of the people in funny haha have had careers otherwise they 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 weren't they, they were just people he went to harvard with um and uh, uh i i think it's fantastic which uh brings me to my second rewatch which is the most recent andrew brzezowski film 2018's support the girls mm-hmm. which uh, tyler sometimes there are these 
uh, I'm going to pat myself on the back here because sometimes there are movies when like you're a few years removed from a movie and you're like, and, and you, you revisit it or you like thinking about it a lot and you're like, man, that, that was one of the best movies of that year. Why didn't I yeah. put it on my list? I did put support the girls on my best of yes, 2018 list. Uh, and I was damn right to, because watching it, uh, again, it's, um, it, uh, I, I think it's a masterpiece. I, 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 I think it's, um, uh, a, a towering achievement a movie that is um even funnier than funny haha and yet has one of my favorite probably one of my favorite final scenes uh in in any movie in the last mm-hmm. like five to ten years um i found myself you know i laughed through the 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 whole movie and then i find myself like wiping tears away from my my eyes at the at the very end uh, it's also full of great performances he uh, Andrew didn't really work with professional actors before results, which I didn't see. And you were like iffy on, I think like more I was, I was positive, iffy. but the first half I think is, is very good. And then it starts to meander a bit in a way that is at times frustrating, but the, but the acting is, is great all the way through. I feel like it's, it's a real, among other things, it's a really good showcase for Guy Pierce in sort of a lighter type of role than we're used to seeing him in. Um, well, here here are the professional actors um, in, include uh, Regina Hall as the as the lead. James Legros is is in it. Also, uh, uh, American Treasure Haley Lou Richardson, um, mm. uh, who, who's um, and and, uh, and then but then there also are like non actors. Shana McHale, who's a rapper, is not. Uh, um, I don't I don't know if she's acted since. Uh, since support the girls but um anyway i uh, the movie's a uh, 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 towering achievement i think i already used that uh, <laughs> phrase but the reason i watched rewatch these the these two andrew brudowski films is because of uh, i'm going to plug my uh latest installment of my film independent someone we watched column where yes. well, once a month i uh look at a film that won the director the someone to watch award the independent spirit awards and then i do a sort of comparison to their most recent film um and uh so this this month is on andrew brujowski so go to filmindependent.com and check it out uh at this point um at this moment as i was recording i actually don't know if i'm doing an uh, uh another one n- next month so uh Ooh. go Go give it the 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 clicks. I'm doing it right now. I'm doing it yeah. right now. Film. Uh, well, not right now because you're up. And you got to talk about a movie. Oh, okay. Well, here's the deal. Uh, I predict that I'm going to be talking about that. Both of us are probably going to be talking about it a fair amount uh, in uh, this week's full episode. I saw Sofia Coppola's On the Rocks, which I okay. liked, which I liked quite a bit. I've I've seen all of her movies consistently one of my favorite filmmakers in this film definitely while seeming very slight there's a lot going on and we'll be talking more about it another time okay then my last movie in the last movie uh is george gallo's vanquish which you can read my review of at mm-hmm. battleshipretention.com it's um in many ways very very bad uh, <laughs> it's a uh um I guess it's an action movie, but it's totally somnambulant. Um, But uh, stars uh, Ruby Rose, uh, an actor I really like, and um, Morgan Freeman, who is, I mean, literally phoning it in. (laughs) (laughs) He plays a character who's like, he's sending Ruby Rose on these missions, and she's like got her 
earpiece in and like a body camera on her so he's watching them and he's talking to her the entire time he plays a character who's paralyzed from waist down so he spends morgan freeman spends the entire movie sitting in like one room in a mansion in a wheelchair just talking on the phone i, I he he's in half the movie but they probably he probably they probably shot him out oh, in yeah. two days um, um that said uh there's something to be said for a movie that is bad in ways that are not um uh without character okay do you know what i mean like um this movie is <laughs> it's okay it is this is the one of the benefits of uh reviewing movies now well uh entirely on screeners is that i can actually time things because i can like look sure. at uh the, the the timer it is six minutes and 24 seconds into the movie before the opening title sequence is over um, it's very long and i was and i was like oh i think maybe they're just padding the movie to try and get it over the 90 minute mark to make it make it seem like a uh, a professional movie but then the entire movie kind of moves at that pace it's very very slow to the point where it almost feels like is this george gallo guy like is he is he emulating like art house like slow cinema is sure. he like trying to get like he it feels like he's uh trying to bring some Belatar into uh <laughs> into the direct market actioner um but uh i i, I didn't reference Belatar in my review it's, it's more uh nicholas vending refn and david lynch mm. but okay. uh, i don't know how much of that is intentional but that's not um it doesn't uh, you know uh, movie doesn't have to be intentionally good to be good i don't think yeah, I think I stand by that. Um, yeah, uh, but um, but I feel like I, I'm I feel like I'm almost singing its praises. I, I want to make clear it's very bad, the movie, but it is often bad in fascinating ways. But just as often, it is bad in ways that will make you like want to make you do what I was doing, which is like tapping my feet and looking at my my watch and that i wear a watch but you know look at my phone um to see how much time it passed because um it's a uh, um well here's the, i i feel like i said the same thing about boss level which is a worse this, sure. watch this movie before you watch boss level but i really like ruby rose and i really like frank grillo but they're not neither of them is good at like the wisecracking thing sure. and so whenever george gallo gives ruby rose like smart ass dialogue it's real real cringeworthy uh un unfortunately and especially given that every moment of quote-unquote comedy you know like the rest of the movie takes place at half speed so it's not only is this a bad joke yeah. it's a bad joke that she's taking a minute and a half to tell oh boy <laughs> that's okay i i know we have to move on but yeah I, okay this opening credit sequence so it ended at six twenty four, right did yeah, it that, start not including the, there are also a bunch of uh logos at the at the top okay but so still. the credit sequence let's let's say it started at a minute okay all yeah. right uh and i feel like i'm probably being a little bit generous when i say that those opening logos uh you know probably don't yeah, last but there's that a bunch long of them, so maybe let's okay. let's say a minute let's say a minute okay so it's 524 so is it literally like the credits start and there is the movie happening at this point. Like is no, story so there, happening? This is and, an opening title sequence. Like you get in like nineties movies used to have like okay. seven has like a, sure. you know, sure. Um, and it has some backstory on who Morgan Freeman's character was that comes across, but it, 
it takes way too long but it literally this is why it felt like it was padding it, it'll like have a, a black screen one name comes up and goes away and then it cuts to like some shots of newspapers like saying like who you know giving you some some yeah. backstory or just some like like uh uh what's what i'm looking for like the negative image of some like shots sure. from later in the movie type of thing and then like another credit comes and goes and then wow. it does that and it just goes on forever that sounds <laughs> That definitely does sound like someone who's taking this movie real seriously. Uh, maybe yeah. more serious than it should have been taken, but yeah. Or, like I said, maybe they have some sort of like distribution deal that says yeah. your movie has to be 90 minutes. Yeah. That's, that's not unheard of. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, maybe he's paid by the screen minute. Uh, but anyway, okay. Uh, well, that sounds uh, awful, but interesting. <laughs>